Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me with another episode of the Variety Half Hour. Today, I am sitting with the, with maybe the first J, maybe the second J in J and J. It's Julie J, also known as Julie J Comedy. (laughs) Hello, hello. Julie, um, I would love for you to kind of give an introduction to yourself. I know you as a comedian, host, producer, but I'd love to hear like what you like people to know. Uh, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what I want people to know, I guess, because <laughs> it changes so much, you know, just just with life. Like, oh, that's being de-emphasized now. And now it's this. Um, I think I the in a nutshell. I am a country girl living in the city. I'm from, I'm proud to be from West by God, Virginia. And, um, it's, it's been such a journey to figure out that that's, that's the authentic me deep down. I'm like, Oh, I'll be a city girl for a while. Like, I don't think I really want to be a city. I want to be who I am. <laughs> I want to be who I am. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, you know, that's, I think that's me in a nutshell. I'm figuring out how to live and parent and embrace being a fish out of water a little bit. I definitely like, I mean, I'm not going to relate to this statement, but I do understand that it can be hard to feel like an individual while also being a mom and like mom specifically. (laughs) Yeah, you, you definitely, I know that I did. I lost myself and like what you just don't think about yourself anymore. You can't. And because, you know, that leads to babies being left in cars, right? You can't, you can't, you have to think about them every minute and they need you every minute. So you, in that you kind of, you, you are minimized, you're diminished and you can't help it. I mean, for most of my, I tried through my pregnancies to keep performing. I mean, many people saw me hugely pregnant on, on the stage, which was a really, bizarrely empowering feeling because it's I remember seeing pictures of myself at that time like oh my god like that's what I look like to the eye like dresses stretch to the point of them being see-through and I'm up there (laughs) so yeah it's been quite a journey and like the things that you want to talk about have been uh things I want to talk about have changed so much because all of a sudden I have I'm not pregnant anymore. And now that 15 minutes doesn't, doesn't compute. You can't, you can't use it. So it's gone. <laughs> oh, you never like, uh, well, I guess it is hard to release comedy, especially independently. Like how long have you been doing comedy? I've been doing comedy. My daughter is six and I started It's about seven years, about seven years because, um, that's a, that's a fun, a fun story in itself. Like how I came to be doing it. It was because my husband and I were like, we, we just couldn't get pregnant. And I remember it being like the thing people kept, kept talking about, like, you have to just forget it. And like every, every person I see is here as a result of a pregnancy. I can't just forget about it. <laughs> and, I mean, I can't forget about it. Like I, yeah. it's like you buy a red car now there are red cars everywhere. Like I see every pregnant person. I see every baby. I can't forget about it. And so I took, I took the comedy zone class and you know, what's six weeks of evening classes, you know, one, one night a week. And 
it's absolutely terrifying. You cannot think about getting, you really can't. You had to think about what was in front of you. What are you going to talk about? And what are you going to deliver to those 250 people on that seventh week? And it was such a crazy experience. It's probably the only thing I've ever said to myself. I can't do this. I, I can't, I can't do this. Cause like, you know, we've all experienced this. Like you go up there and you hear nothing. That's your freaking fault. <laughs> like you did that. <laughs> and it went great. And I was pregnant the next day, the next day, like, Oh my God, I was so happy. I guess it just opened my fallopian tubes, I'm, <laughs> but that's, yeah, it was, it was such a, it was such a cure for me in so many ways. Okay. So this is a slightly philosophical question, but just hearing that story, I wonder, like, do you feel like people have completely free will or do you feel like things are like predestined? The more, the more I live and raise children and have, I've gone through so much, especially in the last year, I feel like there is definitely a predestined element to this because when my my life wasn't what I knew in my heart that it was supposed to be people who didn't even know that changed my life good ways bad ways difficult ways like you know you're not on your path and then all of a sudden like you think about it and then it starts opening like the 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 path presents itself and you have an opportunity. Now, I think that the free will is in choosing that opportunity. You know, you know, when you're supposed to act on an opportunity, and if you don't, that's the free will. So I think that's where regrets come from. I certainly have some, but I, I think, I think there's definitely some cosmic predestined stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Okay. It's good. Ah, okay. I was going to say it's like, good to I'm hear, not, but it's just interesting. I'm, yeah. No, like, don't defend yourself. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm more like I, I, my, my friend identifies as a witch, and I'm like, that's, that's the good stuff. I will sure her witchy stuff is really, really what I'm, what I'm into right yeah. now. <laughs> no, I just brought it up because I, I spent like two hours talking to my boyfriend about free will versus predestination, and. He's a, he's got his master's degree in uh, theology. Oh my God. They still do that. They do. They do. It's crazy. Um, what is he yeah. think? Oh, he definitely agrees with you. Uh, to an extent, he, he feels it even more so than you. He feels like everything was predestined. Everything. Like, like how a person was born, who they were born to, who they grew up around. He said he thinks that like if someone switched souls with another person, they'd still be that same person because of how they grew up and where. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of interesting studies that, you know, the twin studies, things like that. The movie Soul really messed with me for a while. Really? <laughs> Did you ever see that movie? No. Well, of course, because you don't have kids and you're not dying to find a new movie to watch because you've seen all of them. Um but soul is really interesting. It really is. Yeah. I mean, and philosophical questions like that aimed at little kids. I mean, it's not for them, but they it's animated. So it checks the box. Um, it's like these, it almost looks like droplets of water and they're like souls and they get thrown down to earth. And then they just like, 
I'm probably remembering this wrong, but it's like little water drops or the soul and they like fall into a body. But before they fall into a body, they find their passion and they go to this like hall of it almost looks like a circus. They go to this hall and they do things like they play basketball. They try playing piano they, and they find their thing, which is like their spark. And then they that's what like they do stand up comedy and then they fall into a body. And now you've got a stand up comedian. Like, I'm isn't that crazy? Yes. <clears throat> I want to watch it now. It's um, good. You'd like it. I mean, it's a it's a good movie. I don't even want to watch it with the kids. I want to be able to pay attention. <laughs> it is very wild that people feel like anything animated is for children only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until it comes to the Spider Man multiverse, <laughs> and then we're all okay with watching it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because I I didn't watch Soul, um, but I did really enjoy. I can't remember the movie where it was a young girl. Her family was moving, and all of her emotions like had personalities. Oh, in her what head. Is that called? Yeah, that one made what? me cry. <laughs> so I was like, "That's oh enough for now." Uh, my boyfriend teaches middle school, and he plays that for the middle schoolers. It's about like your—it's not the one with the red panda. No, not that it's one. It's the other one. I can't remember what it's called. It's so good. I watched that one too. It's like, how do you, I mean, as adults, we need to see that, right? Like I have trouble managing my emotions and I'm 40 freaking two years old. <laughs> it's hard. Okay. Someone's Googled this before. Oh yeah. Inside out. Inside out. Yeah. That's what it was. I would have never, <laughs> ever gotten to that. So. Same. All right, Julie, I feel like we've got a good idea of who you are. We know you're funny, adorable. Let's pick a topic. Okay. <laughs> so one through Wait, ten. How are you picking these? How are you picking these topics? Are they on like a wheel or something? No, I have a list of topics. Oh, all right. Okay. They are numbered. Okay. And then you get to pick a number one through ten. Okay. Uh number uh lucky number seven. Seven. Hope it's not math. No. Uh, does your soulmate need to know a certain song or true or movie to truly understand you? Um. No. Yeah. No. I mean, some <laughs> some context. These are just random questions that I've thought about. Uh, and that's it. So, just so you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, we talked about this before, but like I go to the farm a lot. I call it the farm. It's my parents' place. And uh, there is an Aerosmith song. I'm a huge fan of Aerosmith. (laughs) And it's take me to the farm. And it's like this feeling like this. So that helps. I think it it would help because sometimes I get a little bit like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, you know, when that, when that feeling, it's like, that's the perfect song. I put it on, the kids are in the back and I just drive like hell to the farm. And then it's so that I guess maybe I'm changing my answer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Nice. <laughs> it I, would help. It would help them understand. And they're going to need some help. <laughs> yeah. I felt like, uh, there was a time when I felt like one song really, truly impersonized me. Question mark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Personified. 
personified. Yes. <laughs> I did feel that way, but now I'm like, I can't even think of one thing that like yeah. you would actually, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they would have to have at least heard one Linkin Park song okay. to truly understand me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You changed your answer too. I like it. I did. Yeah. Because it's like, sometimes my feelings about the past are really complicated, mm-hmm. but just hearing like Numb by Linkin Park, it's like, you get me. It's there. Yeah. So. Has has your boyfriend heard this song? Oh, yeah. A million yeah. times. Okay. All well, right. no, not a million times. He hates rock music. I know. How do you overcome that? I, I do rap when we're in the car. <laughs> like, yeah, he'll listen to whatever I play except for rock. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like I just, I explained to my uh, boyfriend, I was like, I'm so glad that you don't like whiny, uh, edit this out, this is inappropriate, whiny man music. <laughs> There's like a certain genre of like, it was like in the 90s, like high pitched whiny music and it's like it's just whiny (laughs) i'm so glad that we both like it's it's hard music takes hard to are we saying like (laughs) the smiths like morrissey maybe i don't know i can't can't even i don't even know like i want to like wilco and i don't and it feels a little whiny sometimes like i just yeah yeah. that nonsensical i just would rather you just be just be rock or be like they're like an in-between i don't like it it's like i, feel, you know, I realize i don't like it i keep trying yeah. it i don't like it Stop i want to like it, it. It's ham i don't like prosciutto and i'm gonna i'm gonna feel comfortable in my opinion now because i just declared it so you know that's a great that's a great thing to end on there can you pick another number? Okay. Yeah. You're like, move another on. number one through ten. Um uh three. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if you have much of a background in like mental health. Um, but mm. this question is or topic. Do you want to discuss the similarities between ADHD, bipolar disorder, and anxiety? I don't know anything about bipolar but I think I have seen it, but I don't want to, I don't feel comfortable discussing it because I don't feel like I know enough about it. ADHD and anxiety. I have, I have dealt with anxiety for a long time. I think anyone who's performing in any capacity feels anxious at some point there, especially stand up. you know, you have, there's not a backup band. You know? <laughs> it's like, it's just you. And yeah. to know that you're going to have these moments of, especially when I have a whole lot going on, I feel a lot of anxiety. Like, um, I recently, I was just absolutely hell bent on taking my, my kids to Dollywood. And, you know, I have indoctrinated my daughter to love Dolly Parton and she does. And, I'm, I'm like, we're going to Dollywood. We are going to Dollywood. No one is going to stop us. We're going to spend all of Dollywood, all of your sixth birthday at Dollywood. Her fifth birthday was supposed to be at Dollywood. Our plans got very suddenly interrupted. So we were going. Um, and I got back on a Thursday and had to go immediately into a show after spending three, three days with a four and six year old by myself, which was 
they were fantastic, but it was just a lot because I'd never been there by myself. And I have absolutely no idea what I said. Like anxiety manifests in me in like, I think I was just saying gibberish. I don't remember the show. I don't remember. I was. <laughs> so I think there's a lot you can do to manage it. And I think that there is no, there's no one getting a award at the end of the day for not getting help. You know, make sure if you have these things to get help, I get, I see so many different people. I have so much, so much help and support and it has made all the difference in the world. ADHD. I had a partner who was, undiagnosed. And I watched, I, I really don't like it when people joke and say, Oh, it's my ADHD. Like when you see ADHD, it is not a joke. That person is suffering. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've just, I've seen those two things play out and I've been very close to them, either it's personally, or I've been the, the partner of that person. And, um, I, I've seen a lot of other mental health needs go unmet and it is it's such a hard thing and you can't expect somebody to get better by themselves you know it's i have a friend who always says better living through chemistry like get the medicine get the help get whatever you need and sometimes like i've gone through really difficult things and i've gone and, and i've had uh, medicine and and helped me just get over the hump I'm not going to be on it for the rest of my life. I just need to get over this little hump. I need to be able to function. I need to be able to work. I need to be able to not cry all the time. <laughs> like sometimes you just need a little bit of help and there is absolutely no shame in that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that's what you want me to talk about. <laughs> I mean, there's a few things I'm kind of going to, I'll branch into what you were just saying. It's like, Mental health for the most part. I mean, okay, so to start, I do have bipolar disorder. Um, I also have anxiety. I've had anxiety diagnosed for longer. So the thing I actually know the least about is ADHD. Oh, okay. So mm -hmm. that's interesting. But I, yeah, I wanted to go into the thing, the symptoms of all three of these things are what stop you from enjoying everyday life. Mm -hmm. So that's when you said that the hump you need to get over, you know, it can be temporary. It can be for one yeah. thing, but I feel like each of these conditions come with like depression, um, mood swings, uh, yeah. sleeping problems, oversleeping, undersleeping. And so yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of talk about that. Like anything that we've had, anything that um, we've experienced and just knowing that there's so many different people who experience these things, even if it's yeah. different names. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I felt the thing that has helped me with anxiety is the thing that I will like drag my feet the most toward. Like I know that I needed to get, I, well, I was very, I do feel very fortunate that I have a very good doctor. I connected with her. She moved practices. I moved to someone else. And I was like, you know what? That's the doctor that I felt like listened to me and took me seriously. And when I, I hadn't seen her for six or seven years, I was like, I found you again. She's like, and I told her what had been going on. The reason why my anxiety had been like, just, um, you know, bloomed again or whatever. Like it was, uh, she said, you, we are in, I'm, I moved practices because I wanted to be in a practice that had full cycle of women's health. 
I want a nutritionist. I want a psychiatrist. I want a psychologist. And I'd always been places where all those things were disconnected. My doctor didn't know what my psychologist was thinking. Everything was siloed. And it's really hard to get help and feel like you're progressing when no one's talking to one another. And um, she listened to what had happened to me recently. And she was like, I'm making you an appointment. And it's not, I had to have someone tell me. I'm going to get help for you because you need help and you're not helping yourself. And I think that that is, I I respond to tough love. (laughs) So, you know, I really needed that. Um, Also my, how it manifests for me, I'm either, I'm either not eating, not sleeping, or I'm obsessing. I'm over planning. I am kill. I'm like killing myself to tinker with my set and I won't leave it alone. I'll get on stage and, and be confused because I've said, I've, I've like not confused. Like I know what I'm going to say, but I'll miss something critical or I'll, and then I'll beat myself up over it. Like you missed the transition to this other joke. Like no one knows, no one knows, but me, but that's how it manifested to me. Now with the ADHD, I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't connect to that person. Like they were very much in their own world. And, uh, I think either one of those things, uh, anxiety, ADHD, they tend to, um, self-medicate and then that, that loop just keeps going faster and faster. That's another thing to, uh, interesting connection. And well, I don't know how much it manifested. Yes, it actually, yeah. Anxiety, ADHD, as I've observed, and bipolar disorder all have impulse control. Totally. Terrible, terrible impulse control. Yeah. I can't shop anymore. (laughs) Like if I shop without having an item in mind, I've literally spent hundreds of dollars just on things that I've never used. Uh, so that's a big thing that I had to deal with. Yeah. I I don't know how mine, I don't know how my, I think mine just, mine comes out as a uh, self-doubt, self-criticism. Um, I'm working on that right now. Uh, I, <laughs> I got up at 4 a.m. and I just shot out of bed and I was like, I'm awake. It's time to work on your self-compassion. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> totally fine to do like, you know, it's that kind of stuff. Um, that I think, you know, it's, it's, it's when it, you're right, when it's impacting your everyday function, you know, because I got up at 4am decided to read all the, the, um, attachments from my psych, my therapist at 4am, like, Oh, am I tired at 1pm when I should be leading this meeting? Yes. So that's impacting my life in a negative way. And, you know, um, I'm so happy that people are are wanting to talk about it. Like at, at, we have, you know, I work for a big company and they have resources to help people and, you know, but the, I know that's not available to everyone, but it's, uh, I'm glad it's more of an open conversation than it used to be. Exactly. Um, I remember like I was originally diagnosed with depression in college, mm-hmm. uh, had a really hard time. And once I was medicated for depression, 
that's when we also realized I had anxiety. Oh, wow. I know, right? It's like we we fixed the depression and then found out that I have social anxiety. You do? Yes. Well, I knew it. I thought I was just shy. But uh, apparently feeling like there's a cage around your heart is not... Hyperventilating is not. <laughs> so, so, so I just wanted to kind of like bring you along to my journey for just a little bit to say that like some people feel like one thing could be wrong, and like mental health is such a journey oh, to <laughs> to getting to your best self. Yeah, not perfect. Not perfect, but. I remember, again, this was like part of my journey as a mother. Like I had two babies and they were, I mean, my daughter was, we were having her first birthday party, which was like a mini wedding. Like at the end, she's going to walk down the aisle and leave with her husband. (laughs) It looked like a wedding. But at her first birthday party, I was pregnant. And so my kids are 18 months apart. And when I had the second child, I went into a anxiety tailspin. I needed, I need a support cat. I needed a support cat on my, <laughs> sorry. I'm just trying to guide her away like, from the keyboard. You, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause she's going to do that. So, yeah. Someone told me that if you get a fake keyboard and sit it next to your keyboard, that they will like do that. They will play with the keyboard. Have you ever tried that? The thing is, I have two keyboards, (laughs) (laughs) and she will simply sit on both of them. Uh, She likes to be on any surface that I'm around, which is fine when she's on the ground. Right. And not when I'm on video. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, when I had my second child, I was, uh, I felt I was more alone with them than I was expecting to be. And I all of a sudden was having what my doctor um, euphemistically called dark thoughts. <laughs> and uh, it was it was really, really scary because I felt it was me being overwhelmed. I was completely yeah. overwhelmed. And I started, uh, you know, every time you go back with your baby, they ask you this this series of questions about is postpartum screening questionnaire. And I just kept failing it over and over and over. And she was like, all right, I'm not, you're not going back to work until you can pass this. And I was like, jokes on you. I don't really want to go back to work. <laughs> but she kept giving me like a couple more weeks, which really did. Yeah. Help me. I did. I did want to go back to work, but I mean, sometimes I wonder like who the hell is passing this postpartum anxiety quiz. I mean, it's things like you have two, you have two tiny babies who need all the things like I have one on the boob. I'm trying to pee. And the other one's like, I need to, I, I need, yeah, they're not even talking. They're like, eh, you know, I'm like, what, what I don't, I don't I'm not. I need to be an octopus right now to get all these yeah. things done. And the first question is, are you happy? Who says yes to that? Who? <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was rough times. I definitely yeah. um, went on some, meds to get over that and it helped me and then you know six months later I was back to normal but you know I I mean I lost a I lost a very dear friend to depression and that is it's something that you you're not not really sure what's going to unlock 
the magic potion, you know, and, and for him, he didn't find it. So it's very, it's so, it's so, um, I don't know, I guess, you you know, you're on this journey with your doctor and you just try to keep, you know, you just keep throwing uh, solutions until something fits. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, for me, sometimes I do have to change my meds every two years or so just because they don't last forever. Yeah. I will probably be medicated for the rest of my life, but I'm also not too concerned about that. Yeah. I'm yeah. really concerned. Like, is this working? And am I numb from the waist down? Like, that's what I want to know because some of the, some of those drugs, that's what they did to me. Like, I'm just totally like, <laughs> uh, yeah, like no oh, libido. No. no. Have you? No, not for you. Good oh. for you. No, no, sorry. At I some, mean, like, at some I point, like, yes. Numb. No. Like, area. <laughs> because one medication did make my body tingle, like, in weird times. And really? so it's like, they made your legs numb. <laughs> like, this is scary. Yeah, this is one area that was a little... Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Oddly enough, when I was in college, I had a... I had a um, they called it a psychosomatic reaction to stress. I was moving. I had, uh, I had broken up with my boyfriend and I was taking my exams all in the same week and half of my body straight down the middle went numb. I, it was the wildest thing. They put me on so much medication. I couldn't drive. I dropped out of school for a semester. Like I have a history of wild oh history of this stuff. And I remember, um, <laughs> what, what was it? It was, I had a, I was the only person in class that had a computer because I couldn't hold a pencil. Like my hand was like not working. I was eating a hamburger and I bit my hand. <laughs> I, couldn't, I didn't know where my body was. It was such a very, very weird, weird thing to happen. But I think it's, you know, what your, my body was like, this was my mind thought that there's too much going on. So we're going to give you a big fat alarm bell. Like you need to stop whatever is happening. And, you know, I pay attention to that stuff. If, if my body starts going numb, yeah. if I start having, like, if I get really, really stressed, my, 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 um, eyelids will, you know, flutter. I'll get these red weird bumps around my eyes. Like all of it is manifesting from me being overwhelmed. I don't know how I, I don't know how I get anything done. <laughs> I'm like, I hope you will uh, take care of yourself before it gets that far. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting better at it. Yeah. And also, I also um, would have um, asthma attacks, <laughs> but everything was very physical for me. Very physical stuff would happen. And I don't know. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> yes. No, I was thinking about gallows humor. When you were saying something yeah. earlier about like dark thoughts, and I was thinking that like comedians do typically have a rough past. Uh, like and so having dark thoughts and being a comedian, sometimes they do occur in the same person. Um, but you know, that was it actually. I was just thinking of that. <laughs> like you're funny and you've had too many experiences I've had, I think I've had too many people have said that I'm like an old soul and I feel like I have a lot of dark deep things that come up and sort of surprise me also I mean I grew up on a farm I saw a lot of death I saw a lot of like birth 
animals. What does that mean? Like, oh, like animals. Animals. Yeah, animals. It's just like when you're exposed to that stuff really, really early on, I also think like farm kids just have an insane amount of responsibility at a very young age. Like I don't, I was talking about this with um, my hairstylist today. I was like, I don't remember being a child because you just, you're like, you wake up and you're like, oh shit, I'm late to feed the cows. (laughs) You're like five. Like What what are you doing? (laughs) It's just, you can't turn off. And so I think that naturally is going to impact someone who is predisposed to being, or maybe that is the natural path that I, I'm just going to be anxious, you know, cause I'm always feel like I'm late. I'm disappointing someone. I don't, it, when I mean someone, I mean a living thing. Like, is it a cow that's bawling? Cause I'm, it's waiting on me, yeah. you know, things like that. That was, that's really weighs on me. <laughs> but I do think that, you know, that, that experience has informed every, everything that I find funny. Oh my gosh. I just want to give you a big hug. This Everyone is does. They're like, poor thing. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, yeah. So what? I used to bury dead cows when I was a kid. Who cares? Like, didn't you? Like, no. Cheyenne's like, no. I did not. <laughs> but honestly, it's been great hearing. So like hearing about you um, talking Honestly, I don't think we have time to do any news articles. <laughs> There's so much more to talk about. I mean, if you ever want to have a part two, I'm here. Yes, I think we should. Because the part one, Absolutely. just being an interview, has been fantastic. Oh, awesome. I mean, I really appreciate just getting to, like, reconnect and, you know, know where you have an update on what you've been doing. I mean, yeah, I'm all, I'm here. <clears throat> I legally Great. can't leave Charlotte. That's another issue. <laughs> Let's go ahead and say goodbye to the camera people. (laughs) Everyone, thanks for tuning in. This has been Julie J. Comedy. She is fantastic. She's hilarious. She just got a really nice haircut. Yeah. So look forward to uh, seeing her on the road someday. Thanks, Cheyenne.